Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode, Ajul. Hi, Em. I need to tell you something I'm currently experiencing. Please. Okay, so... For purposes of this conversation, we need to transport back to February 2020 when Love is Blind season one premiered. Because if you remember, you and I were so hooked on that show, which is so rare that a show, specifically a reality show, comes out where we're both equally as invested that we feel we need to do a podcast episode on. Like the last time that happened was this most recent season of Paris and Love. Anyway, that was right before quarantine. So it's February, March comes, quarantine hits, the obsession continues. I remember us doing an over-the-phone interview with Nick and Vanessa Lachey. I have such a vivid memory of being in my childhood bedroom on the phone with them, which was unlistenable audio quality-wise because we hadn't yet figured out how to do it virtually. We ended up putting out the episode anyway. All to say, for those couple of months, like Love is Blind consumed us. So question number one is, do you vividly remember that time as well? I remember that time so clearly. And the image of that time that comes into my head often is when we were doing that interview with Nick and Vanessa Lachey, and I was in my childhood bedroom as well. And my mom is knocking on my door going, who are you on the phone with? And I'm on mute during that interview going, you have to leave me alone. It's Nick and Vanessa Lachey. (laughs) I think about that all the time. It's literally, if somebody says COVID, I immediately go back to that moment and I go back to Tiger King. That moment is such like a record scratch freeze frame. You're probably wondering how I ended up here. Like imagine telling your high school self that your mom was going to knock on the door to interrupt a phone call with Nick Lachey to discuss his reality show. Like that, that entire thing is a fever dream. It was a hundred percent of fever dream of all of the people that my mom has knocked on my door to ask me who I'm on the phone with. I never thought Nick Lachey was going to be one of them. No, never. And also, yes, Tiger King in general was very synonymous with quarantine. But 
the reason I mention that is because one would think, based on how hard we went for the show season one, that we would continue to watch the five seasons that came after that. And for some reason, our interest just fell off. It was very much a one is done. But I bring it up now to say that this current season, which is season six, something is happening. I don't know if it's because of how many clips have gone viral that have been taking over my TikTok or the fact that I feel like I would understand the jokes I'm getting on Twitter a lot more if I watched, but I'm having this moment of like, I kind of think this is the season we need to re-pick up. So number one, are you potentially on board with that? And number two, I guess I'm just trying to gauge public interest. Like, are you guys watching? If so, would you be interested in a recap? Because where my head's at right now, based on how many clips I've been getting, it's like, we got to just binge it this week and then next week release some sort of a recap episode. But I obviously only want to do that. One, if you have a baseline interest and two, if you guys are at all watching slash caring. So I'm actually really happy you said that because one of the things that I've been feeling with Love is Blind is I've definitely seen it. Like it's not taking over my feed by any means, but I have certainly seen it popping up on people's Instagram stories, on TikTok, on Twitter, all the usual places. And I feel like something with me is because I'm not a huge reality TV watcher that I often find myself on like the outside of, of a reality TV show watch. And so it's not an unusual place for me to be in terms of not being part of the conversation. But I love knowing what's going on. So the fact that you're going to be the person that like pulls me to watch it is amazing news for me because I don't think I would get there myself. Well, I feel like we both have this thing where in real life, we never experience FOMO because we just like fundamentally really dislike going out. But when it comes to not understanding internet humor, that's when the FOMO really starts to hit. Like that's when I understand what people mean when they say they have FOMO. I feel that so deeply most of the time with internet things. Like I just love knowing what's going on. And I think maybe if I was seeing it more, and I probably will now that I'm like a little bit more tuned in since we're having this conversation, I would feel that same pull. I don't think I've seen it enough to the point where I'm like, I have to do something about this. But like, I that's, I understand that feeling probably more than any other feeling of just like, if the internet is talking about it, I need to be a part of it. Well, I feel like it can best be simplified as like, we just always want to laugh. So if there's something happening where in order to laugh with it, you need to have the context, like, yeah, I'll put in the work to get the context. It's worth it for the laugh. I think so too. I have seen some clips. Like I'm definitely interested in this season in a way that I haven't been in any of the other ones. I cannot put into words for you, although I feel like you'll get it, how fucking classic it is for me to be obsessed with one season of a show and then never watch any of the other seasons. Yeah, no, it's it's classic for both of us. That, yeah. <laughs> that's the only part of all this that, yeah, that makes total sense. But anyway, okay. So you're, you could potentially be down depending on the feedback from this episode, yes? A hundred percent, especially if everybody else is on board. Like, you know, I love an episode where we kind of cue it up a little bit and then everybody's, everybody's down to watch with us. Oh, the DMs of camaraderie when everyone is watching the same thing. Like we never feel as stronger than in-season Kardashians and people are giving us like their live opinions while watching scene by scene. That is the shit that gets me going. When is that coming back? I don't know. Talk about from your mouth to God's ears. If, if anyone's got a date or an idea of a date, let a girl know. I am literally am dying for it. Dying for it. And you know what the funny thing is? Like there aren't that many plots for us to look forward to. And I'm still just bursting at the seams waiting for it to come out. 
Well, can I tell you something that I've been envisioning? And I don't even think this is remotely based in reality, but as we know, there's been the Kim O'Dell rumor for a little while now. And then Super Bowl weekend is when it was kind of confirmed, or I guess publicly confirmed for the first time. And you know how when Kardashian starts to come back, typically some of the first clips we get are cuts from one of Kim's confessional where she's like, well, guys, a lot's happened since last time, or she hit us with the Pete line in one of them, whatever it is. I would do anything for it to be just a day where we're all unsuspecting, have no idea what's coming, and boom, the official Hulu account drops a trailer of Kim being like, so there's this guy, Odell. Um, no. But can I ask you something? Like, Do you consider Vegas to be confirmation? Yeah. I mean, as discussed, she wasn't making the full debut as she would another weekend where there was a little less going on, but like, there's been that much speculation about them. They have somehow managed to never once be seen together other than at the same Grammy party and her walking into his birthday party. And then the day after all of the reports confirm it, they're seen together in the same hotel lobby, Chloe going out of her way to grab him, to bring him into the elevator. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, that's somewhat confirmation because if they didn't want to confirm it, that would have never happened. That was your keyword though there, somewhat confirmation. I agree that it's confirmation. Like I agree that they are together. I personally have been on board for this relationship since the rumor started in September. But the way that I feel with a celebrity relationship like this, especially a Kim and Odell, who, as we've mentioned, certainly run in very similar circles and therefore have been seen together prior to dating and being seen together while dating is not an over confirmation of what's happening. I need to see them together interacting as a couple in order for me to give the like confirmation sign off. Like I believe it. I think that's a hundred percent exactly what is happening. I need a little more before I say like they confirm their relationship. Okay. Well, if we're getting really like specific linguistically, I don't know if I would have used the phrase they confirmed their relationship. I think I said we got confirmation. They definitely didn't confirm it. As far as I'm concerned, Kim confirming it, like put him in your story. And I do feel like we're going to get that with them. I think that if this relationship continues and the rumors and the speculation about them becoming a little bit more serious is true, that we are going to start to see some, some social media action and some real confirmation. Yeah, I think if it continues and either stays the same or gets more serious, then yes. I don't know if we're talking like a Pete-style grid post. That would feel a little crazy, but I, I certainly think we could be getting some more public appearances. Right. I don't think that's happening right now either, but I do think that we'll get it. No, I definitely think so if it continues to get more serious because the thing with Kim that is so different than any other A-lister and also every other member of her family, it's like, Posting is so second nature to her that I actually think there's a piece of her that feels a responsibility to do so, like to her fan base, just in the sense that she recognizes so much of her success has come from the fact that everyone feels like they're kind of on this journey with her. So she was dating someone that was a solid part of her life. You know, it's totally good now with them and the kids and they've met the family and they're very much integrated into her life. I think she wants to feel as though she can freely share that on social media. Whereas you compare that to Kendall or Kylie or Chloe, even Courtney, like I think they like that piece to be private. I don't think Kim derives that same, forget about excitement, but that same feeling of something being sacred from it being not posted. I think she wants to share that. 
I think so too. And I was thinking as you were talking, I'm so curious if Kim was dating somebody and they were in that initial stage of not posting on social media, as by the way, happens in celebrity relationships and non-celebrity relationships. Like that's always going to be a phase in the beginning of the relationship. But I'm very curious if Kim was dating somebody and she got to the point where she was ready to post and she wanted to be a little bit more open with it. And they were like, listen, I'm just really not into social media. Like I have been thinking a lot about it and I just would rather us not post each other like at all. Do you think she could ever be down for that? Okay. Really interesting question. And I'm trying to talk my thought process out loud as I think it, because initially, as you were asking it, my first reaction was like, absolutely not. Because the entire idea of just the internet and social media is so important to Kim. Like that is how she got to where she is. And I think she never, ever forgets that and always wants to continue to build that. But then there's the second part of me that's like, okay, maybe Kim's at a phase of her life where she could totally wrap her head around the idea that, you know what, everything that has to do with her and herself and her family and her businesses she can post about, but this is one thing that really does feel like it's just for her. And that's not because she wants it, but her partner wants it and she can respect that. Like if she could really separate those two things and it wouldn't make her feel like she's not sharing her life by not sharing that. Because even even with Pete, obviously there was no restriction on what she was posting. If anything, she was not posting as much for Kanye's sake at the time because he was you know, like, you know, really outspoken when she would, but it's not like Pete was, you know, some avid social media user. Kim was the one that was more so publicizing their relationship and obviously with his blessing, but I, okay. I guess I would say, I don't think it's a deal breaker, but I think she would probably prefer someone where it's not a thing. The way that I feel about it is I think it's one of those things where if Kim really liked the person, she would be like, of course, like I'm down. Like, you know what? It's not for you. I totally respect that. Like I care enough about our relationship that it, that doesn't matter. I don't think she would realize how much it bothered her until she was like really in the relationship and doing her normal posting. And then consciously realizing how much she had to hold back from sharing the content she wanted to share. Because the thing with Kim also is that of course, there's a certain element of the way that Kim posts and what she posts where it, it's a, like you said, responsibility because of the success that she has had and the connection that people feel to her. But also something that I really feel with Kim and the way that she posts is like, I never feel like Kim's posting is a chore. Like I feel like every time Kim posts a grid poster, Kim posts a story, she is so happy to be using social media in the way that she does. And so I feel like if she was in a relationship where that was off the table, I think at first she would feel totally fine and feel like she really respects her partner's decision in that. And then eventually would be like, wait a second, I love posting my life. Like I love sharing these things, not just because I have to, not just because I owe it to my fans or owe it to the people, because like I genuinely get so much joy from the way that I use social media. Wait, I swear to you. And I know we may sound like that meme with the two delusional bitches just yesing each other to death. Being on the receiving end of it, I too don't feel as though it's at all a chore for Kim to post. Like even when she's doing the screen recording of the fucking Kardashian closet or the skims three times a week of, you know, inside of her closet, I still feel like she's happy to do it. I swear to God. 
No, I am so glad that you think so too. Although I'm obviously not surprised. Like, do you think that? Another thing that I wanted to say in terms of this conversation is Kardashians and Kim completely aside for a second. That decision for a celebrity couple to post on Insta, make it Insta official, comment on Insta, like that to me is behind the scenes conversation that I would fucking love access to. And especially in the way that they used to do it, like in the Pete and Ariana days, when they confirmed their relationship, Nick and Priyanka posting the same photo with the same heart when they were confirming their relationship, like how celebrities go about having that conversation, how they want to do it when they decide it's time. Because by the way, like it's not just you know, we're going public, we're showing the world that we are in a relationship, we are confirming this thing that they have been speculating about, or we're like announcing this thing that they don't even know about. It also has the added layer of like, this is representative of their relationship. It's so bundled together. Like you can't just post on Instagram as a couple and not have some sort of thought behind what it means for you guys and the trajectory and the seriousness of your relationship. And to me, we never get that conversation. I actually think as you're saying, it's such an interesting point that like when a celebrity couple does that, we so often are tuned into, you know, so-and-so making their Instagram debut that like, if you zoom out for a second, forget about them being celebrities. That's a hard launch. At the end of the day, that is no different than any couple, you know, any of your friends posting their boyfriend or their partner for the first time. And to your point, like that's never a decision that just happens. Think about it. There's no girl. I do not believe there is one girl group chat where the other members are just surprised by their one friend posting their boyfriend or their partner for the first time. There's no way you were getting that text before asking, okay, what do you guys think? Is this, is this good to go live? Like you're not seeing that on the grid for the first time. So if you're Olivia Munn, for example, you're not posting John Mulaney for the first time and your friends have no idea. Her friends were getting that picture for approval the same way that any of our friends would be sending us for approval. No? Yeah, I like really think so. And I think that the added element of it is that, okay, your best friend hard launches her boyfriend. They are fully dating. They are in a committed relationship they don't have to have a conversation about like, is it kosher for me to post you? It's like, of course it's kosher. We are in a full-fledged committed relationship. Like it would be weird if there was some sort of social media restriction for a non-celebrity in a relationship. Okay. So that's thing number one. Like already, yes, maybe there were some soft launch things where you're like, oh, I'm going to post you at dinner. But like, it's not a conversation when you're in a relationship. When you are a celebrity, you have to, there has to be a conversation about it. Like you as a celebrity in a high profile relationship would never hard launch your boyfriend or your girlfriend on social media without having a conversation with that person. Right. And you obviously have to be on the same page about it, which also to the conversation of everyone in Hollywood dating one another, there's also kind of that, you know, unspoken code of conduct of like, yeah, of course we are not going to put this on Instagram until it is duly confirmed. But what I actually think is far more fun to think about are the times that were so much less calculated. We're like, you're out to dinner, you're a couple drinks in, you're a relatively new couple, you're on the same page about one another. It's maybe been a month. There's been a couple of things from Dumas, but no one has really confirmed it. And you're like, fuck it. Should we just do it right now? You're like, yeah, why not? Like those conversations where it genuinely happens on the whim, where the publicist doesn't even know about it until they see it. 
Yes. Like that is behind the scenes. I would literally die for. First of all, I fucking love this conversation. But another thing that I was thinking about also is I'm going to reference this as being a sitcom plot, although I am sure that this is actually how relationships like used to progress back in the day. Whereas I feel like now things happen a little bit more naturally and less in steps. But when you were watching sitcoms of a relationship progressing, you would have a situation where the couple would start dating and then they would define the relationship as being official. Then they would get like a drawer at the person's apartment. They would leave a toothbrush. They would give the other person a key. Like these were all like defined steps of the relationship that used to exist in a like calculated way. What's interesting to me is that I feel like celebrities almost have that in a way that regular people don't because we don't have to have those defined steps anymore, which whereas for celebrities, it's like, okay, the first social media post, the first red carpet appearance, the first this event together, the first time you're photographed here together. And like, yes, all of those things are like very celebrity specific, but they're also very clear defined steps of the relationship and also things that require a conversation to make sure the couple is on the same page before those things happen. Well, of course. I mean, think about the the first publicized dinner. You are not as a newly dating couple going out to a paparazzi dinner and having that like genuinely be date number two. And this we know for a fact in terms of the amount of things that happen in like very secretive locations where there are factually no paparazzi, no one around, no one's knowing about it unless they want it to be known. So then finally, when they go to Giorgio Baldi and they're photographed walking out of Nova Malibu, whatever it is, like they're, they're on the same page that they are down for this to be publicized in that way. And yes, I think even you're right. Like these are steps that don't exist for your average person because every dinner can be a public dinner when you're not going to be photographed. But like, it's so interesting to think about those additional steps that I guess like, you know, most people just don't even have to consider. I was thinking a lot about the Met Gala this year too, which I would love to talk about for a second, but the potential of, let's say a Taylor and Travis red carpet, a Kim O'Dell red carpet, like that's also the show. So it adds a whole other layer. Like I always go back and I know you do too, of how big of a deal it was for Kim to bring Pete as her date to the Met Gala for them to walk that red carpet together. And I feel like so many times when we go through relationship timelines of celebrities, so many are like, and they made their public debut at the Met Gala red carpet. Okay. Well, as you were talking, I just quickly looked up the era's schedule and she doesn't have a show in May until May 9th. So the Met Gala is May 6th. So technically it is possible, which I'm telling you, Right now, a Taylor Travis Met Gala red carpet. No, um, that's it for me. I'm telling you, Em, that's going to happen. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle. Like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. 
So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics Mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. No, it fully feels like that's something that should be happening, which yes, as you mentioned, the four chairs were announced last week, Zendaya, J-Lo, Chris Hemsworth, Bad Bunny. It's on May 6th. The theme is A Garden of Time, inspired by the short story, The Garden of Time by J.G. Ballard from 1962. And we are in for a night. I am seated and ready. How excited are you to see Ben Affleck and J.Lo on that red carpet? Obviously so excited, which, sorry, I know we're really going all over the place today, but since you said J.Lo, I just got to say it. You guys, Julie and I tried to watch This Is Me Now, which is J.Lo's new film, I would say we got through about 15 or so minutes and I I truly feel like it is very possible that this is one of those things similar to when there's a look that's like so high fashion and I come on here and I'm like, listen, I know that this is just me not getting it because I am too simple-minded to understand the magic of this. So like for someone else, I totally get it. Just not for me. That could be the situation here. Whereas like if you are really artistically gifted, you watched this and you were like, wow, what a fucking masterpiece. I have to be honest in saying that was not my experience. I was so thoroughly confused to the point where like, we had to turn it off because we just, I don't know. It, it was almost unwatchable, but I feel like that's not an experience everyone is having based on the way I see it being received online. But I guess I'm curious other people's thoughts. I don't know what people thought. Like I have, that's what I haven't been able to fully gather, but I would be really shocked if anybody who's like very critical of art and music and movies in that way, watched that and felt like it was something that required like a sophisticated lens. No, what I need to explain to you is that my like entire center of gravity was so thrown off by going on Twitter after watching it, just expecting what I was going to see and then not seeing that. Like, first of all, it's, we're at a 70, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I am just going in saying, hey, Maybe I'm not getting it and I'm totally fine with not getting it, but I just, I didn't get it. And it's a shame because, you know, everything aside, like I ride for JLo and specifically I ride for JLo and Ben. And I know so much of this for her is kind of like an expression of love. And I guess something that I feel not with this film specifically, just generally speaking, is that JLo feels a constant need to kind of justify her and Ben's relationship, which I get given that there has been so much criticism and so many doubters, but I guess for us who are just like so not cynical about it and so on board, we're like, you don't have to go that hard. Like we believed you from the jump, but I, I know that hasn't been her experience with everyone. So I get the need to constantly justify it. 
However, I'm just never going to be the audience that needs it to be explained for because like I am so deeply on board. The fact that I am this on board for them together, given the intensity with which I feel for Ben Affleck says it all. Okay. So this is what I wanted to ask you because I really am on board for this relationship. Like I really love them together. I love the fact that they found their way back to each other. And I really do believe that that's exactly what this relationship is. Like they never made it work with anybody else because it was always destined to be this way. Like I can, I can really buy into that story. My question for you that I'm feeling a little bit of confusion with is like, is it too much? You know what I mean? Like, is she trying to prove a point here that is then making me question not the relationship, but maybe some aspect of it? Like, I don't know. I feel like she's selling it too hard. Well, I think, I mean, just generally speaking, that's probably the number one criticism that JLo gets, that she's selling everything too hard, right? Like, even if you look at her social media presence, it's anything but natural. It's constant promotion. It's it's constantly, you know, selling this vision in a way that I think a lot of people do feel is contrived. I feel as though, to be honest, I actually don't feel like I'm the best suited person to answer that question because that exact quality of selling something too hard or like trying to get the public too on board in a way that almost borders inauthentic is the exact kind of JLo that I'm signed up for. Like to me, that's just how I like my JLo. I want her to be entirely unrelatable. I like the fact that she's this like fucking business content machine that is just pumping it out and is as commercialized as ever. The exact thing that I think she gets the most criticism for is the thing that I am so obsessed with. I'm like, yeah, that is, that is exactly as I expect her to be, you know, like she's obsessed with the entire production of JLo. And I can so get on board with that because I, I just, I find her like lack of relatability and constantly need to sell herself and product and the entire like vision of her life is like the exact kind of lack of emphasis on celebrity authenticity that sometimes I just want. And to me, I'm like, yep, Jill, you're the perfect person to do it. I know what you mean in a way that actually was like satisfying to me. Like I am so happy that you just explained it in that way because literally, yes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> This feels kind of good. What else do you want to talk about? Well, is there anybody else that you feel that way about? It does feel very JLo specific. To me, it is very, very JLo specific. I mean, it's so different. What I'm about to say, it is so, so, so different because I don't feel as at all that Kim is like that. But, you know, Kim's constant, like, commercializing everything and, and, you know, selling every one of her products and all of that. I'm so on board for as well, but it's a, compl- I don't, it's, it's apples and oranges. It's so different. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I was thinking Kim for a second, but I was like, no, it doesn't resonate for me to, to, to view her in that way because I actually view her in a much more humanized way than I view JLo, which is kind of funny. I, I just really like when celebrities lean in, whether it's purposeful or not, to like the stereotype of themselves. And I just feel like JLo exists in a way where she is just a complete parody of herself at all times. And exactly in the way that you were explaining it is exactly like that feeling. Like even like, for example, Kylie, it's not the same thing, but I feel like so often when I watch Kylie, I'm like, oh, you're a parody of yourself. Oh, oh, I have an answer. Paris Hilton. Different. So, so, so different, but yes. Right. Yes. 
Exactly. Like sell me your fucking 18th pink cookware line. Show, you know, yes, all, everything that comes with the Paris Hilton and constantly every day, a new thing being sold, a new photo shoot, a new, whatever I'm, I'm right there. It's never going to be the exact same because Paris has given us so much more insight through honestly, at this point, reality television into like what really goes down that has been so, so humanizing. So it actually directly counteracts the quote image of Paris Hilton that you get if you were only consuming her from social media. But at first glance, like to the most untrained eye, the answer to that question is Paris Hilton. It's not actually the correct answer, but to a very untrained eye that that answer fits. But can I tell you why Paris Hilton actually is the correct answer? It's because even though she has given us so much where it has showed us a more humanized side of her, even the more humanized side of her is completely unrelatable. Like she is having these very intense, real conversations in a room that is designated only for sunglasses. She has a room in her house that is the sunglass room and all important conversations take place in that room. Even when she is trying her hardest to show the side of her that she wants people to see. And I fucking love that because I feel like we have such a better understanding of her. And I feel like we understand the layers of Paris Hilton so much more and they really are there. All of that is to the backdrop of the most classic stereotypical parody of herself, Paris Hilton version that exists. Yes, completely in the most specific Paris Hilton way. I will say though, to me, JLo is the only answer to that question. Like, I'm sure there are others that fit, but the exact vision of what I have in my mind that I'm trying to explain, I don't know if I'm doing a good job or not. Like, it is only JLo. It's, she's one of one. Yeah, I think so too. You know what else? We both said a different member of the family, obviously. Like you said, Kim, I said Kylie and trying to make this point. We're like, it doesn't hit for either. The answer to like the person in the family that's closest to being that parody of themselves or being kind of the JLo-esque figure is it's either Chris or Courtney. I was going to say it's Chris. And I often say with Chris that I can't exactly put my finger on it, but when she is just her, it does something to me. It is like, yes, it is that, that being a parody of yourself in a way that is both intentional and unintentional at the same time. Well, I think that with Chris, it's so or can be so endearing. I don't know if anyone is using the word endearing to describe how it is with JLo, because I think one could argue she is not. The difference is that when Chris is behaving in that way, I think she's very aware of the perceived parody of herself. I think if you said that to JLo of like, well, you know, at times you're a parody of yourself, she would have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I think so too. God, that's funny. I mean, this is so layered. Like you really have to, we, we probably lost at least 20% of people by now. Like you really gotta be, this is, this is a, not a conversation everybody would be interested in, but obviously I am. No, I think people are trying to think of their answer. What I really want to talk about is this Kelly Rowland situation because it is feeling so early 2000s. Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. 
Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, helping you with those surprising expenses that seem to pop up when you least expect them. But wait, there's more. Spot Pet Insurance plans go beyond just offering coverage for accidents and illnesses. You can enhance your plan with their preventive care benefit, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can be covered too. Head over to spotpet.com today to get a quote instantly. Trust us, it's the easiest thing you'll do to help secure the well-being of your dog or cat. Visit www.spotpet.com today. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample hyphen policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends, so I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. Okay, I need to read you guys a little bit of this page six article. The headline is, Kelly Rowland walks off today's show as guest host because, quote, dressing rooms weren't up to par, leaves Hoda Kotb scrambling. And it says, Kelly Rowland dramatically walked out of NBC's Today Show on Thursday morning after the star thought her dressing room was not up to snuff, sources exclusively tell page six. The R&B singer and actress was a guest on the 8 a.m. hour of today and was then expected to fill in for Jenna Bush Hager in the fourth hour as guest host of Today's Show with Hoda and Jenna. Roland, however, dropped out at the 11th hour because her dressing room wasn't up to par, and she left Hoda Kotb scurrying to find a replacement, sources told us. A source familiar with the situation told Page Six, quote, Kelly and her team were not happy. They did not like the dressing room, so they decided to pull off the show, leaving Hoda without a guest for the 10 a.m. hour. Roland's abrupt exit left Today Insiders perplexed because, quote, she's beloved today. She was getting the full hour, and Hoda's the biggest hype woman on the planet. It made no sense, a source said. Roland and her team played a dramatic game of, quote, musical dressing rooms, we hear. They inquired about a green room upstairs because, quote, they didn't like the one she was in. Unfortunately, the upstairs room was occupied by Jennifer Lopez, who arrived at the studio before Roland to promote her new album. Dressing rooms at today are known to be some of the smallest in the TV industry. Practically, quote, glorified closets, as one source put it. Quote, they're not nice. It's the oldest building. There are major space limitations. It's not glamorous. It's not fresh flowers and candles and gourmet food. It's basically a white box. Still, we're told today producers offered Roland several other options, including multiple talent dressing rooms and some much larger utility makeup and hair areas. Quote, they didn't want that. The show basically offered up as much as possible, but they weren't happy with it. So they walked and they left, the insider said. Thankfully for Cotby, singer Rita Ora volunteered and filled in for Roland. We hear she happily took a dressing room similar to the one briefly occupied by the former Destiny's Child star. And then that day, Rita Ora posted a picture of her 
hosting the show with Hoda and wrote, well, this happened. We had two minutes to prepare. Ah, thank you, Ad Hoda and Jennifer, asking me to co-host the show. Everyone was so lovely and kind. I had so much fun doing it. Love to everyone that tuned in. Maybe we should do it more. That is one of my favorite articles I have ever read. And as I was reading it the second time in order to put it into the outline, I thought to myself, I cannot wait to hear this article read for a third time when you read it on the podcast. (laughs) You knew I was going to have to go line for line on that one. I knew it. I felt it in my bones and I felt so satisfied by hearing it. Like that, I felt like I was in a time machine being transported back to the early 2000s. This shit does not happen anymore. We just don't get it like this anymore. This was raw, unfiltered, no bullshit. Kelly Rowland didn't like the dressing room and she was out. That was it. Kelly Rowland knows what she deserves. She did not get what she deserves. And so she dipped. That's the story. And we were just fed it so straight from, you know, not an anonymous source, not a tip of straight up page six in every other publication headline. And the Rowland team has not come out saying that that was a lie. So most likely some version of that, it's exactly what happened. And as far as I'm concerned, my only reaction is like, you know what, Kelly, you know what you deserve, you feel comfortable with. And if you weren't there, you have every right to leave. By the way, JLo being the person in the green room is like prime example of her being a parody of herself. Like you would tell her that and you would be like, no, no, JLo, you don't understand. Like it's so fucking classic that you were the person that was in that green room. Like you're such a parody of yourself. And she'd be like, I don't understand how you jumped to that conclusion. Like I got there first. I just happened to be there. I'd be like, no, 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 you don't get it. Like you played that part fucking perfectly. Like you were born for the role of already occupying the green room. Right. And by the way, if you were to tell Kelly Rowland that, I'm sure the second they were like, so sorry, JLo's actually there. She'd probably be like, fucking of course she is. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like everyone gets it. I can so, I'm literally in tears. Like I can so picture Kelly Rowland on the phone with one of her friends, like literally to Beyonce, like Kelly Rowland calls Beyonce, tells her what happens. And she's like, and get this, guess who was in the green room in the big one? And Beyonce probably went, I bet it was J-Lo. Like, no, I, I'm envisioning Tina from the back on speakerphone. Yep. It, it was Jennifer, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, like that is so funny. I just was obsessed with this article. I have no patience for anyone that's like, Kelly Rowland's such a diva. First of all, put some respect on Kelly Rowland's name. Second of all, if she didn't walk out, we would not get this headline. We never get shit like this anymore. Everything is so done behind closed doors. Everyone is so afraid of being called a diva that, you know, they want to operate so carefully. No, you didn't like the dressing room and you fucking left. And because of that, we got an incredible headline that we can talk about and feel as though we were transported to the early 2000s. Ever since this article came out, like every hour to two hours, Emma would look over at me and go, inject Kelly Rowland into my fucking veins. Like literally like, you know, what's you know, what's so funny about it too, is this wasn't a developing story. Like this was this page six article came out. We all put together the pieces of like how fucking hysterical it is that Kelly Rowland stormed out of the Today Show. The dressing rooms were not up to par. JLo was occupying the green room. Rita Ora happened to be wandering around the facilities waiting for her big debut to be called on stage to help out Hoda. Like every single moment of this was so classic, but every single moment of it was delivered in this one page six article with no further information. And yet you were walking (laughs) around this fucking place as if somebody was giving you details behind the scenes. (laughs) 
You're, I really was. You are so right. I was so starved for it. I just realized like this, this headline awakened something in me that obviously had been lying dormant of like, yes, this is the exact type of entertainment news that I am here for. And by the way, what a day to be Rita Ora. I mean, the last thing she was expecting is co-hosting with Hoda. And by the way, how interesting that this whole thing is happening during the part of our Courtney and Kim Take Miami season three rewatch, where Rob is just coming off of his relationship with Rita Ora. And here she is in that episode ruining Rob's life. And now here she is co-hosting with Hoda. Life comes at you fast, Rita, now doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Now doesn't it? No, I mean, listen, it's like, I don't think Rita Ora has ever been as relevant to me as she is right now. And I truly, I love that for her. Great. And again, say it with me. Thank you, Kelly Rowland. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep, and it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their best seller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest hundred percent organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply, see site for details. But you know, the other thing that I wanted to mention, Kylie posting on her story last week, a photo of Devin Booker. He was wearing a clothing item from her line, Kai. And she wrote, I spy at Kai at D book, which felt like very noteworthy given the fact that, you know, we didn't really have an understanding as to where him and Kendall slash him and the rest of the family stood. Not that there was anything majorly bad that happened, but that was interesting to see very much on good terms. Well, and also coming off of reports that they were in the same suite during the Super Bowl, Kendall and and Devin, which I don't think necessarily means anything. Like they were both just in Michael Rubin's suite, but I 
I think that we were under the impression that they were not on good terms at all. And I think the fact that they are amicably in the same suite together, presumably hung out during the Super Bowl, and also Kylie is very publicly showing him and he is publicly supporting the family by wearing Kai. Like, I guess we're on good terms. I don't think it means they're back together. I would be surprised if they ended up in that place. But I, yeah, we love to see it. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they got back together. I'm not saying that I think they are. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised at all. Because I told you, I to me, like Bad Bunny and that relationship certainly served its purpose. But that wasn't Kendall's forever. Whereas I'm not saying that Devin Booker is her forever. I'm just saying that like hypothetically, if they were to publicly get back together, that would not surprise me. I know that Bad Bunny wasn't her forever, but I really want her to be with somebody who gives off that same energy. Like, I know we've had this conversation a lot, but she was such a fun, light version of herself. And I loved the energy that Bad Bunny brought out in her. And if it's not Bad Bunny, I would love for it to be somebody who has a very similar energy to Bad Bunny. Yeah, but the thing you have to realize is that like, it is so possible that anyone who actually knows them could all say that she's like that with Devin as well. And it's just, she's not giving that energy publicly. The difference with Bad Bunny is that he was so and is so kind of public in the way that he expresses himself that I think she fed into that. Like that energy that I was talking to you about before when saying like, yeah, we're deciding we're going to hard launch it. Fuck it. There are a few drinks in and they say, yeah, let's do it. And the publicist sees like, to me, that's the energy that Bad Bunny was bringing to the relationship. And I don't believe that Devin Booker is like that, but just because as a fan, it's so much more fun to see her in that way. I, I don't think that we can necessarily think that that translates into like her real life or how she is behind closed doors. So yes, I want that, but I really do feel she could still get in touch with that. Just like not in a public way with someone else. Does that make sense? Okay. So I, I get what you're saying, but I actually disagree with you because I think the fact that it was public was the major indicator of the energy that he was giving off. Like, I think that with a lot of couples, you can make that argument of like, oh, no, no, no. Like, that's how they are in the comfort of their own home. We just happen to get a glimpse of it during this specific relationship in public. When it comes to Kendall, the fact that this was all public, that she was drunk at Drake, that she was courtside laughing with him and like showing that side of her personality and not giving a fuck who was watching or who was around is so indicative of the energy that he brought out in her. Like, I do not believe that she is somebody in a relationship where that exact same silliness and funniness and down to have fun doesn't exist behind closed doors. I think it absolutely does in her relationship. I just think the fact that she allowed that to be public is the thing. And I hear you. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. I am not just prepared to stand by that yet but I'm taking it into consideration as we go into this next era of who Kendall's going to date. I just don't know. Okay. As long as you're thinking about it. I am so open and you could a thousand percent be right. Wait, the, the last thing that I just wanted to mention is that clip of Billie Eilish at the PCAs talking to Kylie Minogue being like, wait, there's TikTokers here. And then she you know, puts her hand over her mouth and you can hear her basically saying like, yeah, I don't need all that. That is the exact type of content we are talking about in terms of why award shows need to have roundtables like that. Because by the way, if that roundtable was not there, we would not have gotten that moment. I know. I am the 
biggest proponent of roundtables at award shows. I think they are so necessary and so important. But I also have to say, in in the vein of of Billy making that TikTok comment, I was only surprised, not that she felt that way. I was just surprised because I feel like the People's Choice Awards are usually the type of awards that like will naturally just have TikTok and influencer like people there. Like it was so not surprising by any means for anybody to be there in that capacity. That's how I felt too. But I think it's so interesting to see the difference in the way that like we would view an award show like that versus Billy. Maybe for Billy, the fact that she's there would then cancel out the fact that like quote TikTokers would be there, you know, because in general for her to show. Right. Like I felt it was more confusing that she was there. I haven't really thought too much about it. I just was so amazed at the fact that we got that moment. That was, again, another moment. All of this could fall under the very general umbrella of like things just not being so perfectly curated. Like she was not trying to get that moment captured. Obviously, if you're her publicist, you would rather it not be. But like it was just a natural moment between her and Kylie Minogue. And that is the exact type of thing I'm here for. All under the general umbrella, if you've been a longtime listener of... Emrata and Harry making out in Tokyo against the minivan. Like, handshake emoji. Wait. Also, that video of Harry Styles from this weekend really took me out. Oh, what are you thinking about the hair now? It's at a length right now where I was looking at him and I was like, so manly these days. So you're into it. Yeah, I think I'm into it. I'm just like, I'm never not into him is the thing. So it's like hard yeah. to say, but yeah, I, I I think I was, I was really specifically into that video. Like he is the short hair, the jawline, like, oh, I was like, it's nice to see you again on our screen. It's been a while. It was so constant when he was on tour for those seven and a half years. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, it does feel good. He's just one of those. We're like, what are you really going to say other than absolutely yes? in any, in any way he wants. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, is there anything else you would like to mention? I think that's it, kid. <laughs> what an all over the place episode. <laughs> I was, it's all over the place that I was about to say, anything else anyone else would like to mention? <laughs> and I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. If you've made it this far, please let us know your thoughts on love is blind slash like if you'd at all be interested in hearing us talk about it. And yeah, thanks for letting us do this. We love you so much. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada, yada, yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.